knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. So our product from the goats right now is just joy. I've been promised fudge. I'm fudge. Going to be well, waiting for my fudge. I don't think you want the joy kind of fudge gonna... they're given now. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, here, Daddy. Rose, you, you made the poo joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't have any milk right now. That's my job. <laughs> I want you to take a guess. Those of you who have been following Homesteady for a long time, how many goats have I owned? Maybe zero to five, five to 10, 10 to 20, or 20 plus. Which do you think accurately describes how many goats I have owned? Now, how many goats over the years have we owned? You're gonna find out. I wanna walk you through a brief history of homesteady and goats. Because honestly, I think I kinda get, well, I kinda get a bad reputation when it comes to goats. And I think it's not unfair to say that I have enough experience with goats to at least give them a fair judgment. Let's go take a walk back in Homesteady's history with goats. I get a bad rap for being a goat hater. That's because you very vocally state how much you don't like goats. <laughs> the best pro to goats is that when you realize that buying goats was a big mistake and you shouldn't have them on your homestead because of their jerks, they're really easy to get rid of. Put an ad on Craigslist and you'll have some crazy goat person showing, oh, hey babe. What are you talking about? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> I don't know where I get the reputation from. I think it's because we've owned a lot of goats. This is why you say you're a goat hater? Well, I think I'm a goat realist. I know their pros and cons. Pros and cons, just give me some ideas. Size, uh, cons, you own goats. <laughs> goats are jerks. <laughs> I think you took goats very personally. <laughs> See, I've been a goat lover since way back when. Since I was 16, I think is when I got my first goat. And I didn't get it for me, I got it for my mom who loved goats. Or thought you she loved goats. You have a history of getting people animals they didn't ask and for. And this is when people <laughs> say, animals are a terrible gift. Guys, I was 16, I'm over it, so. And she loved it, she loved that goat. That goat thought it was a dog. Her name was Zoe, 
She was uh, a kid in my class, had a goat that had babies, and she was a little pygmy goat, horns and everything, back before back before I was switched on in the goat world to everything. <laughs> so looking back over these photos, I was like, oh, wow, she had horns. I don't remember that. And Zoe had a friend? And then later, Zoe, we got her a friend that we called Chloe. And it was definitely the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe and Chloe, 2000s. Yeah, and that was my first venture into goats, two little pygmy goats. We waited to get goats on our homestead. First we had chickens, then pigs. You wanted to get into the dairy world, but we didn't feel ready to make the leap into cows. No, we didn't have the barn for a cow. We didn't have the land cleared for a cow. So we, I, decided (laughs) to get a dairy goat. And found pretty much the first one I could find on Craigslist. And off we went to pick up this goat. Yeah, who was like tied in her stanchion. <laughs> we should have known when should the guy have known. said that's the one. He had like 10 goats and that's the only, the only one, one he was selling. <laughs> Got her in the back of the minivan, brought her home. Yeah, she was a bred, I think a first time freshening, a bred La Mancha. Dough. And put her in our escape proof pig pen. And of course she escaped. We had to go searching for our lost goat. We hung signs around town, lost goat. Finally found her over the mountain. She had found some other goats. But I think we heard about her, uh, where we found her, we found out from the police. Yeah. Because the people called the police. And uh, then we called the police and they said, does your goat have a purple collar on? Yeah. Like, yes. How many goats have you found today? (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) We knew goats should have other goats with them. But everyone we talked to said, well, she's going to be kidding. She'll be fine. She'll have friends soon enough. Well, she did not think so. (laughs) So we rushed off and got her what we like to call an anchor goat. Yes. So we quickly got her a friend. Once again, the fastest one we could find off of Craigslist. And that was Yo-Yo. One of, I think, in my opinion, the best goats we've ever owned. Oh, Yo-Yo's been one of my favorite. We named her Yo-Yo because she was going to pull the other goat back, right? Yes. Yo-Yo. Because we ended up needing for that La Mancha dough a fence that was about eight foot high. It looked like something at a Jurassic Park. To keep her in, yeah. Him and his dad put up a one that was taller than the pig pen. Okay, this will keep her in. They closed her in there. They walked away. And I watched as she just so gracefully, without any effort... Leaped over the fence. <laughs> and that's where she got her name. Hops. Hops. So Hops and Yo-Yo were our pair. Were our first, our first, awesome and I, first homestead goats. And pretty soon Hops kitted. Mm-hmm. And that was a really cool experience. Very cool. I was there with the two kids and you were at work. Yeah, that was back when I actually wasn't home. Look at our baby girl. I bounced her. And uh, that's how you you test to see if there's any more babies in there. And thankfully everything went well because I, this was my very first kidding. I didn't have much experience. was just like reading online how things should go. Yeah. And you were sending me pictures at work. Yeah, and and videos. They came out and she did great accepting them. Didn't have to, didn't have to tie her up or anything. We were not prepared with a stanchion. We were not prepared with a barn anywhere for you to milk. That's another thing. People just said, just tie her to the fence. So you did. Just tie her to the fence and milk her, and I did. And it was awful. And it was one of the worst experiences of my homesteading milking careers. And we decided Hops was not the right goat for us. 
and we wound up selling her but keeping Yo-Yo. Yes. And we decided Yo-Yo now needed a friend. We didn't want to have big goats anymore because they were too hard to wrestle with and wrangle with. So we got into... Nigerian dwarfs. Yeah, and we wound up getting eventually three Nigerian (laughs) dwarfs. Now I have to say Yo-Yo was a very quiet goat. Very quiet. She was Alpine, Nigerian, Angora mix. And we got her a a tiny goat because she wouldn't be able to jump over any fences. She would keep hops around, the anchor goat. Uh, But the benefit of her, like I said, she was quiet. She was very hardy. Yeah. She had a long fuzzy coat and... She wasn't, she wasn't bred for milk. She wasn't bred for fiber. She was just this homestead special. We got another goat to be her partner, Trigue, and we had two other Nigerian dwarfs with her, Nana and Blood. Yeah, sometime around the yo-yo had babies. Yeah. So Yo-Yo had these two adorable little... Little tiny things. Nigerian dwarf, Nigerian, alpine, alpine mutts, angora cross. Super cute. And Yo-Yo had really good quality milk, just not oh, much It was delicious. It. That is, hers was, I think, the best goat's milk we ever had. Yes, so good. Hers was the one we would say, here, try this to somebody. <laughs> Can You can't even tell the difference between cow's milk and goat's milk. But so little. But so little. Like a little spoonful And her teats were... <laughs> Tiny, right? Teeny yeah. tiny teats. The trigger turned out to be an incredibly loud. So loud. Austin, <laughs> that I think was probably the first goat you truly disliked. Yes. She had to go. She was too loud. With her nana and blood. They, those two Nigerian dwarfs were horned and they were just awful with our fencing. They got stuck in it constantly. They all were sold, but we kept yo-yo. Mm-hmm. So off they went, and you then decided to go back to La Mancha. Mancha. Hops, for all of her uh, hoppiness, was very quiet. (laughs) She was super quiet. And we learned that is something that you'd like in a goat. Yes, I do like a quiet goat. So we got Lido. So I drove, once again, Craigslisted, and a couple hours away there was some La Manchas. I drove up, just me and the kids. You couldn't come. We did a goat. I don't even know if I know if I knew about that. <laughs> I don't know. We picked her up, a little our first bottle baby. Lido was more like a dog than a goat. Well, she was a bottle baby, so <laughs> very, very friendly. Yeah. We everybody really loved her. Everybody liked Lido. Everybody who came and visited. It's also very quiet. So all the launches we've had have been very quiet, but we couldn't get her bread. And she was also a fence jumper. Yes, she was. Um, We don't know if she had some hormonal imbalance or what was going on, but we tried and tried and never got her bread. I decided that's it. If we're going to have these goats, I want milk. I had read that Sonnen's produced the most milk, so I went on to Craigslist. This time I went on to Craigslist and I found a Sonnen and I drove the family out to buy this Sonnen and we dragged that goat home. In the pouring rain. And... She was in milk. That was my, I'm going to get a goat in milk. We're yeah. going to get milk. Because we had done, we, we had built the stanchion. Yo-yo, for Yo-Yo's kidding, we had built the stanchion, got right. everything ready. 
But it was just so much effort and so little milk, you, you couldn't bear it. The Sanin's milk was disgusting. It was so bad. <laughs> it tasted so bad, and she did not give very much either. Phew. We decided, let's get some good quality dairy goats. Let's try something new. Nubians. Nubians. You found some good quality Nubians. Mm, yeah, my aunt helped me to find some because she had Nubians that she liked for milk. So she found a breeder who was selling some a Nubian dough with her two babies. So we got Daisy. Daisy and her babies. Vader and... Frost? Frost. And those came to the farm... And we had, that was our first goat tragedy. Mm -hmm. So up to this point, all those goats, we had not one death. No. All healthy, free ranging the goats. Mm -hmm. Daisy got into some. Daisy, for some reason, what never, what none of the goats had ever done before was go after the rhododendron. None of the other goats had eaten it or been affected by it. So it just didn't occur to us that there were poisonous plants there. And we tried to save her. And Daisy went for it. And yeah, we tried to save her, took a. I think about a day or two yeah and she died her. and uh that was the first goat death that we experienced and that brought us to this point where we were kind of frustrated with goats yeah it had taken so much even just breeding when we were breeding our la mancha lido she didn't take yo-yo milk was so little the salmons was so bad then the nubian died it was very disappointing We were totally burnt out from homesteading. Yeah, in general. In general. And just needed to change our goal and do yeah. something different. And we decided we were going to sell everything and go on a road trip. <laughs> so we sold all the goats. I don't like goats. I don't believe it. He loves them. I, I was the one putting them on Craigslist, and you were the one who didn't want to sell them. Because they're, they See, were nice pets. past is so, like, tough, but... Who was crying? Who was crying when they drove away? Here you go, to go, to goats. Bye, girls. That is a huge chapter of our life, driving away down the road. Miss our girls. I'm cool. I don't cry, I work out. You can't prove that. Yes, I can. We have it on video. Crap. And took a break for a couple of years from yeah. goats. Yeah. We brought other livestock back and got into other livestock. Did not do our road trip. Nope, never went on a road trip. You finally decided to get some cows. Yeah. So we got into the cows, and there was really no reason for us to ever get goats again. And that's where this story ends, right? Never. <laughs> Your aunt <laughs> sent us to pick up a goat. Yes. And I should have known better. Baby goats. We wound up taking one home for ourselves. Nubian Gizmo. We yes. knew Gizmo would need a friend. So that's when we went and got Lacey. And Lacey and Gizmo both came from dairy lines. They were, uh, one, Lacey was from a dairy, Gizmo from a homestead where they did a lot of dairy. We, we had them in Connecticut, um, and then 
and moved them with us to PA. And in Pennsylvania, we bred them. Lacey and Gizmo both kitted, and from them we wound up with three more goats, <laughs> two, two boys, two boys, one girl, one girl, and. For a little while, we had the whole group here. Another mistake we'll never make again. Here in Pennsylvania, we, for the first time, had good pasture, and we put our goats out on pasture. Yeah, and when you say good pasture, uh, good for the cows, right. bad for the goats. Whereas goats. in Connecticut, we got by with herbal dewormers for years. Every, every batch of goats we had, no issues with worms. The management system was totally different when we moved here and unfortunately what we were using for treatment wasn't working and we at the time didn't have enough experience to understand parasite resistance and so yes. while most of our goats survived Lacey and gizmo when they kitted that put an extra strain on them and we lost both of them to a heavy worm load When, when we lose an animal, now I know lots of people are seeing it on YouTube and it's a sad thing to watch happen. When it's your own animal and you feel that responsibility, it's even worse. And you do, we, especially after something like this happens, when we really need to reevaluate like our whole system for goats, it was devastating, especially for our daughter who's had really taken on the responsibility of cleaning the goats, feeding the goats, and she felt really bad about it. So we knew we needed to, once again, take a break from goats. You know, at this point we had cows. We had plenty of meat animals. I saw no reason you or me would need to have goats again. And so I boldly declared to the world on YouTube, we will never get goats again. And do you remember what I said? What? Never say never. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Can you believe how many goats we've had? It was a brief history of our goats. <laughs> 15 minutes long. <laughs> what time is it? Yeah, that's all. And the live stream is done. Thanks for joining us today, 45 everybody. 45-minute long video of our goats. <laughs> I think most of the audience, we have our old faithfuls who've been here for years, but I saw in the comments a lot of people like, oh, I better update my guests. I think most people don't. I, I think most people were amazed by our hair transformation over the years. <laughs> well, you know, I actually don't cry anymore because I have a mustache. So Baby face. Who said you baby face? Drew said you had a baby face without your mustache. Austin's hair just goes from like big to small. Mine was all sorts of changes. Currently in big mode. <laughs> Currently, and I wore a hat today because I was like, I don't want to mess with my hair. Wow, that was like a walk down memory lane. 
Do you miss all any the of goat those goats? Feels, yeah. All the goat feels. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you miss? Yo-Yo. That's it. Yo-Yo yeah. was the fun of all the goats. Least... We've least, had some impulse buys. trouble. Yeah, she was impulse buy. She was the least planned for. Most impulse. Yes. I think we were like, oh no, we need a second goat. Craigslist. Goat. Let's go today. <laughs> Get that goat. And yet she was the nicest. Easiest. Quietest. She was easy to breed. Oh, so quiet. She wasn't easy to milk though. Actually, I went and reviewed the footage. We were confusing her with somebody else. She had really big teats. Oh, we'll see. She, she was even easy. She wasn't cooperative to milk, though. I remember her kicking. I Because I tried it once, and okay. I was, of course, pregnant, so well, I, I gave up very quickly. I don't remember a goat that didn't kick. No, so. it's true. We've never... I know somebody said they they milked a goat tied up, just, you know, tied its head tied, and they could milk. And my aunt milks the same way, just she, like... They stand there oh, and she yeah. knocks them. And You're, that has never been our experience I, I remember goats. visiting your aunts the first time for goat milking. And she literally like held a little like can in one hand. She was like, here, here, let me show you how to milk them. You're done. <laughs> and the like, teats oh, were huge. Her hands like... I could totally... And she's been over the years, she's bred for large hand milking teats. So it was really like... By the way... Done. Here's your gallon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've never had that experience, but we have had plenty of goat experiences. Yeah. And uh, walking back, just so everyone can see, like, I know I get a bad rap for being a, uh, you know, hard on goats, but we have had almost every breed. Yeah. There's a couple almost, missing. Almost, almost. We yeah, never had we, a full um, alpine. No, Yo-Yo was a mix Never of had an Ober, Ober, Ober Hosley, no. Or Toggenberg. Toggenberg, no. Not for you not wanting all those breeds. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, uh, we've tried so many different kinds. We've gone back to different kinds, mm -hmm. uh, from this one to this one, this one, back to this one. We've gone back to La Mancha's, back to Nubians, Nubians, and here we are. Back to Nigerians. As you know, if you've watched the video this week, we are back in Nigerian dwarfs. And you will get to see a little bit more of our new, uh, the new goats on the farm a little bit later in today's stream. So welcome everybody who's joined us. We see a lot of familiar faces as usual. Uh, our mods are here in spades. We got all our mods on deck today. Good. So thank you for your hard Saturday. work. Saturday. Gotta watch out for those Saturday trolls. We have like a hundred and we had at one point 150 people watching and only 60 likes. What do you think guys? A couple more thumbs up. Let's get it to a hundred today. 20 people left because they hate goats. They're like, oh this is about goats. <laughs> Never, Never mind. mind. <laughs> no, it is funny though because I feel like some people who have been considering goats watching our videos have changed their mind on goats. Why? Uh, because the noise. They hear the baby goats on the video, like from the pig birth, and they're like, I was thinking about goats, and now maybe I'm changing my mind. I think I'm going to try to be super fair today, because I know I can be hard on the goat, but obviously we got him back here. You don't like goats because you are a goat. I am very goat-like. You are a goat. This this could have been a whole segment. So here it is. How Austin is like Why a goat. Why Austin is a Boop. goat. <laughs> Austin's like a goat. Uh, I'm very stubborn. I'm very loud. I never shut up. I think you know everything. I try to get into stuff I shouldn't. I... You're very... Um, impulsive. Impulsive, What's yes. that? What's that? What's that? What's yeah. that? What's yeah. that? And also annoying to people who don't want to be bothered. Hey, 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 let's go do a thing. Hey, do you want to go do a thing? Hey, hey, do you want to go do a thing? <laughs> I tire people out. So I'm like me. a goat. So I can't have other goats around me because I'm already 
Yes, which is why you lean more cow. Yeah, camel, a little more relaxed. I like my more routine, (laughs) grounded, calm, quiet, stabilizing. So you're the cow, and I'm the goat. Yes. So you're going to try to be fair today. Uh, Don't let the noise of our little bottle fed babies sway you away from goats. There are a couple people been saying that you can find a quiet goat, but you have to find a quiet goat. And a hungry bottle-fed baby is no never a bottle-fed be. baby who thinks it's time for a bottle because we're in the barn and it's time for my bottle. Yeah. they're not going to be quiet. A lot of the filming we've been doing of our new goats has been pre them being fed, and they're <laughs> screamers. And uh, yeah, her goats. We have to clarify now. These new goats, I'm saying ours, but our daughter's in the control room. Her going. goats. <laughs> and that's why, why we changed our mind on goats. You didn't get goats no. for yourself. I've said I'm never getting goats again, and here I am. I've not gotten goats for me. For yourself. Right. Yes. But a little while ago, our daughter started talking about how she missed goats, and she had taken care of the last ones and done such a good job. But we had been through a lot of challenges mm-hmm. when we moved here to Pennsylvania. When you watch, or if you're listening on the podcast, maybe go and find the video version of this. Uh, there's a lot of shots in that intro bit where you see in Connecticut our goats and the browse that they had. Yeah, in their paddock there wasn't any grass. It was treed, so they would eat all the small saplings that were in there, eat some of the bark, but there was nothing on the ground for them to eat. So they literally could not go down and eat grass with worms crawling up it. If you know, we've done videos on parasites in the past. Uh, Goats are browsers. They should be eating up high. The worms that cause problems for them kind of crawl up the grass and only make it up so far. So our goats in Connecticut, they had lots of browse. We didn't have any pasture. Everything was leaves and Mm -hmm. twigs and briars and brambles. Pretty much perfect goat forage. Yeah, while we were watching that intro, we were just like, I was whispering to Kay, oh man, that was great. A great great goat property. It was rocky, hilly. Except for the mountain laurel. Except for the rhododendron. And then later on we found mountain laurel on the property too. Uh, which we wound up pulling because we didn't want to risk it. But we then moved, after all those years of never having a worm issue, we moved to Pennsylvania, kind of a false sense of security. It just, it seems idyllic for animals. You picture them out in the pasture with that tall, luscious green grass. And for the cows, it's perfect. They love it. Yeah. And because in the past we had used herbal wormers, and and we have a whole video on this, we're not going to dive into it a lot today, but we have a whole thing about herbal wormers and chemical wormers, and our opinion on both is really like yes and yes. And it, basically it's check, do fecals. Yeah, do something and then see how it's working, and then do something again and, and continue to check and monitor. Uh, but moving here, we we were not well-versed. We had a really wet year. We had that extreme parasite hit on all our goats and we wound up losing our two does who had just kitted and as we talked about in the intro there kind of knocked the wind out of our sails and at that point we were not really prepared for you know putting goats back out in a pasture uh you know that that challenge there was like no we sold the kids at least the males we sold pretty quickly and the female went back to the farm where we got her mother from gizmo because we we had to take a step back and say, whoa, <laughs> what happened? And how can we make sure it doesn't happen? 
and we have to get rid of goats right now just to make sure we get this property like where it needs to be to have goats safely. So we kind of recalibrated, recalculated, and we, we always at the end of the season, we take usually December, January, we spend a lot of time when things are slow by the fire, just kind of plan in like the next year and what could we do to improve problems. And we already, we knew, well, we had a super wet year. Mm, very Our wet. paddocks were ponds. Mm -hmm. Our paddocks yeah. were just ponds. We had standing water and that is a recipe for a worm explosion we weren't the only people the vet we were working with he that year said i'm getting a lot of worm calls because, worm resistant uh wormer resistance yeah because of the wetness of the year it kind of increases the worm load and there's a lot of resistance in this area in pa to you know the different things you can use so right away we knew all right one of our problems is the wetness on the property the pasture we were putting the goats out in wasn't good for them, so we needed to change if we were going to do that. And um, just getting, learning a lot more about parasite resistance. Right. Um, now, it was a different year coming out of the goats. that We lost the two, we sold the babies. Our daughter wasn't ready to jump back into goats either. She wanted to take the year off, and we ended up, our baby was sick. So we, instead of talking about goats, began mm -hmm. talking about camels. Ta-da! <laughs> Camels have a worming issue as well in places where they have pasture because they're browsers. So it made us just accept the fact yeah. that, okay, we're going to have to be very proactive about this, which means running fecals regularly. Uh, it means uh, being in close contact with the vet and other people with experience with the wormers to see what's working, what isn't. Take your fecal, try your wormer, send back the fecal. It's a very, it's a multiple step process that we know now. And it's like more of a, a routine, mm -hmm. right? It's more of a routine and we learned a lot more about that. In addition, we corrected a lot of the problems and issues to prepare for camels and other things. Uh, you know, the wetness down at the barn, that wasn't good for goats, but that's not good for any animal. You don't want no. standing water or standing pools. So we went and we put in those gravel pads. A lot of you remember the videos we did of that where we went, my parents came down and helped for a week. We installed gravel pads, good drains. So now our paddocks out back, they're nice and dry. We're preventing erosion now. We've gone and replanted in certain areas. This is stuff that excites him. I love, Ooh, we're, I love we're avoiding erosion. <laughs> Ooh, talk erosion. My favorite homestead animal is infrastructure. <laughs> I love to raise infrastructure. It tastes delicious too. Yeah, all right, you got me there. It makes my life easier. I'm a big fan of that. Unlike goats. Which is why I have a goat gremlin t-shirt. Actually, we both do today. Yay! If you don't know the history, an old podcast we called goats, we said they're a lot like gremlins because um, they multiply, you know, they're trouble. Go listen to it. It's really funny. But if you want, if you can get a goat gremlin t-shirt, we'll have a link. One of our mods, I'm sure, will throw it up on the website. You can find the link. Um, if you go to the website and hit shop, you'll see clothing. So, so if you're a goat lover. Yeah, goats. If you're a goat lover, gremlins. you know they're like gremlins. They are so like you gremlins. know this is very... Accurate. Very appropriate. Somebody said, is that a picture of a sheep and it's a demon behind it? You're so no, close. It's a gremlin, which... It's a goat and it's a gremlin. Yeah, yeah. if you ever watch the movie Gremlins, you know. But uh, we fixed the gravel problem, the drainage down there, the water issues. We learned a lot more about worms and how to handle them because of the yeah. camels. We were also put in contact uh, at the end of our 
heartwarming episode with our last two does with a Facebook group, a goat emergency Facebook group, which is very active with very, very educated people. More so than maybe some vets who don't deal with farm animals on a regular basis. This is one of the things we learned with this experience and then carried over to the camels is where you are, the vets, what they're using in one area can very, very different on your own, in your own area, change to what's effective for yeah, what. Yeah, and you may have to reach out to beyond your vet to yeah. find people who are a bit more in touch with like the goat scene. Uh, so, you know, a lot of the issues that made goats a real problem here in PA, we have since tackled for other reasons. We really didn't have any plans on bringing goats back. <laughs> uh, that was not, we weren't like, spending these last two years fixing the problems so that goats could return. It was just more to help with the camels, help with the cows, help with our general farm as a whole and making sure things are healthy and, and doing well. Uh, but because we were improving things and improving our systems and learning from mistakes of the past, we were also making it a better place for us to bring goats back. We just didn't really, I didn't want to. I didn't, <laughs> still not sure I want to have goats back. <laughs> it's, it's too late. It's beyond you at this point. That's, the children are older. The children. Do it for the children. It's beyond you and what you want now. And I think that's where the, the last little bit of, you know, we got the Nubians here on this homestead for us, for dual purpose goats. <laughs> we wanted a meat. And, and a pack goat. Dairy. That is a cool thing. Pack goats. <laughs> yes, they're I have, very cool. I have a planned interview I will someday do when I get back to being able to do interviews, which is not too far. It's coming about pack goats for hunters going in the backcountry using goats. But for me and for dairy, that was the idea when we looked at the Nubians. And that was for us to have a nice dual-purpose animal here on the homestead. Now, once you involve a child and they become res responsible for that. And they feel that responsibility, mm -hmm. that care towards these goats, and they see these baby goats being born, and they've nurtured them <laughs> and loved them. And you've got these two male goats that you can't use yours. Oh, man. Breed your girls, and... Uh, no reason for them. But your daughter says, nope. we're not going to eat those. Daddy, you can't eat my goats. <laughs> and to be fair, they were, we had worked out, they were now her goats to care for. And yeah, so, so she we were did have a say. Stuck. And, uh, you know, it kind of looking back to where we are today and having made this change back into goats, uh, maybe that breed, I'm sure we could have found a better fit. Uh, but when we went shopping for them, because we wanted dairy and But we weren't meat, intentionally shopping for them. The first one, no, was kind of like an impulse. But the reason I even said yes is because I had for years really wanted to bring Nubians. Yeah. I, I saw your aunt's Nubians as the perfect dual purpose animal and for years I wanted to bring them down to the homestead to try them. But uh, one of the other issues we faced was just selecting stock that are going to be managed and live in a similar situation as what you have in your own homestead and that's a big lesson we learned. And somebody said in one of the videos in the comments that you had talked about Kiko goats before. Yes. Because that is your ideal goat setup is to be very large. Mm-hmm. Um, and very... Call heavy. Yes. <laughs> if, uh, and when I was going back and doing the research for our show today, I was watching our old videos and I was trying to find the, a clip of me saying, 
never again, because I know I've said never again on goats, but I couldn't find it on the channel. I probably just said to you, never again, I'm never having goats. I hate them, they're the worst. Uh, but what we said on our videos was if we did do goats again, what would we do? And what I talked about was Meat I would goats. have a big old, I would buy somebody going out of Kiko goat business. I would buy like a hundred of their goats for meat. And, and you know, everyone knows I'm not the dairy guy. I don't like doing dairy. I would get a bunch of goats. I would put them out on a mountain with some perimeter fencing. And I would just cull like crazy, which is the way they formed the Kiko goat breed in the first place. They took a bunch of wild goats out in New Zealand. We did an interview with the guy who actually was responsible for the Kiko goat. And he said they just took the wild goats out there and they captured a bunch of them and they started calling like crazy. They, You got bad feet, you're gone. You're a bad mother, you're gone. You need help delivering, you're gone. And because they're meat goats... You're not attached to every single one of them. No, calling is just taking advantage you're of the product. You're, yeah. you're eating them or in his case, they were selling whole goats. So for me... I love that idea of like, you know, take a big bunch, bring them to your place, let them adapt. The ones that thrive, keep. The ones that don't, call. Great, great for for my personal preference, but... Not what's going to happen here. Not, not what's allowed on the uh, the other side of the homestead. <laughs> we just see a finger wagging. No, no, no. No, no, no. Yeah, so that was my idea if we were ever to get them again. We... Picked the Nubians from dairy lines. Lacey was actually never she ever. She was yeah on from pasture. a dairy kept inside. So one of the things we learned through our last thing was choose stock that are going to be managed, similar to how you're. It's the same with rabbits. It's the same with sheep. You're going to find the same thing with cows. If you are limping these animals along and sometimes we have to it's come on this is the cow we've got we've got to get her bred even if we have to give her hormone shots so we have to really work at this but it's hard to keep dealing with this problem we've talked to somebody with rabbits who said they should have should have like been aware of the fact that they walked in there and there were just shelves and shelves of medicine right because they were show rabbits and they were just keeping them alive basically with all this medication. Yeah, when they were picking out the uh, rabbits that they were going to breed, it, they said the first bunch they picked, they were just... Which, if that's how you want to manage your herd, if you're selecting your animals for very specifically show goats, dairy goats, and you are okay with, with nursing along animals that continually need you know, deworming, that's your choice on your homestead. Uh, for us, we decided going back in. Because you, if you're breeding for milk, milk mac, you are going to not be breeding as um, as tightly for the other things. You, you may let some, you know, feet slide by that maybe shouldn't, or eh, they're a little, they're not so easy to breed back, but they're very milky, so we'll keep breeding. Yeah, you can never get the perfect, you talk about this a lot with the mini jerseys, right? Um, everyone wants... The mini, little, little. A2A2. A2A2, fawn colored. Yeah. All the perfect the, things. The unicorn. Yeah. You can't breed one animal to have everything perfect. Otherwise, everybody would be breeding that animal. You got to give up on something. And where some people, worm hardiness is one worm of the. Worm resistance. Worm resistance is one of the major things they're selecting for. Others aren't. 
if, if dairy, if the amount of milk you're getting is your primary concern, then maybe you will say, well, I'm going to keep this dough alive. She's showing signs of worms. And I, yeah, I don't mind doing some worming. Right. Worming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so those are your decisions to make. For us, oh, we wanted to find, coming back to this, we wanted to find something that was hearty, uh, easier, because we know where we are, the issues we face coming into this again. It's there. It's real. Some people don't have yeah. to worry as much about it, yeah. depending on where you live. Uh, so, we, you know, as our daughter started talking about wanting to get back into goats, you started shopping. I think having animals is like incredibly valuable thing for kids to do. Now, they don't have complete oversight. I, I have to be involved, so I have to know my stuff to be able to back them up. But to have them be responsible to make sure every day there's food, there's water, there's hay, they're clean, they look good. You know, how, how are they looking? How are their eyes looking? Do they seem normal? It's such a good way to teach responsibility. Um, and Austin always says it's, it's a better way than just um, like saying, hey, make sure the dishes are washed or load the dishwasher. It helps them connect to something that has needs other than just being aware of their own needs and wants. Yeah, the... The life lessons you get from folding laundry, <laughs> it's important. Uh -huh. <laughs> we were just talking this week about, you know, the difference in, in childhood and the lessons you learn about being clean and neat and, and picking up after yourself and, and folding laundry <laughs> and cleaning up after there's yourself. There's value there. Of course, there's value yeah. to learning to be a... Um, a neat, organized person, even if it doesn't come naturally to us. Right, and some of us goat-like ones. But if you don't fold laundry, nothing's going to die. If you ignore laundry for the day, <laughs> you have a pile of laundry. So for a kid, I feel like, you know, you go and you, you tell, you growing up, you usually get some chores as a child. We did. We had chores growing up. None of them were like, if you don't do this, something will suffer. So it's easy to just say, like, eh, I'm not going to do the laundry. But if you're caring for an animal that you asked for, that you and your parents talked about together and said, listen, <laughs> you're going to care for this animal. And we all know, the, like, I want a puppy. Okay, you're going to walk it and you're going to feed it. And then dad takes care of the dog. That was our poodle growing up. <laughs> yeah, your dad did. Took care of cinnamon forever. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna bring this animal on your homestead and your kids want it and they and they agree and you work it out, okay, you're gonna do these jobs, then you can tell your kids, okay, it's time to go to the barn. And it's not like daddy does the barn. He the kids do the barn. They do their chores. They yeah. have to every day. And there's there's a responsibility there where if they don't do their jobs, something else will suffer. You just don't get that from laundry. <laughs> Or dishes. Unless you really like clean clothes. I mean, Boy, you all should come see my laundry right now. <laughs> <laughs> and my dishes. You also get the pride. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, maybe watching, uh, opening up your drawer full of Marie Kondo folded clothes makes sparks a little joy in your life. But, you know, your friends don't come over and <laughs> no, you're not like, you want to see my drawer? <laughs> maybe after you Marie Kondoed your house, you're a little, hey, check out this. But... But... We, when we have friends or family come over to be able to say, oh, and let me show you my goats. There's a, there's a really nice sense of pride there that they get from that ownership and that care. And not everybody can have livestock. We understand that. But man, if there's any way in any form. Oh man, goldfish, a cat, 
Her daughter, it's her cat, so she cleans the litter box, and if someone comes, she shows them her cat. Yeah. It's there, even if it doesn't have to be livestock. If there's any way, we always encourage, Gerbil, like, hamster, you know, guinea parents. pig. We have literal videos here on YouTube of just, like, letters from kids being like, hey, my mom doesn't want me to have chickens, and we're like, <laughs> get her chickens, mom. So then when my daughter so comes to me So when she asked me... Daddy, I really miss... Well, she probably came to you first, more than likely. Mommy, I want goats, because she knows... She knows who to get. But I corner. miss. I really miss having goats, and both of us are like, okay. All right. <laughs> but I, I was firm. I said first we need our infrastructure improvements. Kids are laughing. And one of the things I said we need to have completed is our, our high tensile fencing, because that'll allow us to have the room at the barn for the animals. Because one of the things we're doing differently is we're keeping the goats in the barn. So I went and said that, and like a week later, I got a hold of a contractor, and he was like, I can be there next week. And I was like, great. So my daughter waltzes into the room. She's like, so when's the contractor going to be here? Like, Yeah, he's going to be here next week. He said it'll take, how long is it going to take? Yeah, he said it's only going to take a week. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. What have I done? So the fencing got finished, and... Goats got and found. we found a goat breeder. Now, this so. was kind of like a grand slam. Yeah. You were not, in this instance, we in that video, how many times in our intro did you hear, we ran a Craigslist, we ran a Craigslist, we ran a Craigslist. Mm -hmm. Now we have videos about how to purchase livestock, and we always warn you, like, if you don't know what you're doing, don't run a Craigslist, because you can get into trouble. We have in the past. You didn't just run to Craigslist and find the first person 15 minutes from us. Uh, no, I did go to Craigslist though, to be honest, <laughs> because in the springtime, that is a good way to find local goat breeders who have some stock that they're selling. Yeah. And actually we always say, don't go to Craigslist <laughs> if you don't know what you're <laughs> looking for. But once you, I mean, we've had lots of goats, you can see, we know what, a, what we're looking for. Yeah. Now, so, so I'll go to Craigslist. I'll find breeders. I'll track down their website, look through what goats they have available, make contact. And, and that's good advice. It's not that you can't go to Craigslist. What do you look for if you're going to buy a goat? What do you look for in a source? Um, I, I want to see that they're, they know what they're doing. I want to see that there's a mention of some disease testing, uh, some knowledge if I'm looking for a milker of what milk they're getting and just the person who's easy to talk to tell me what they have available um, and very open with any questions I have about their goats. Yeah, the easy to talk to thing we've joked in the past a lot of times when you're dealing with farmers who a lot of farmers I think are introverted maybe not all of them I'm not an introverted farmer but I do know a lot are from having tried to interview so many <laughs> So, how'd you get into this? I was born on a farm. <laughs> hey, there's something to be said for, like, concise. Yeah. Podcasters don't make money off concise. <laughs> got 20 more minutes to fill here. Um, you know... I do find, because they get, people like this, even dog breeders, cat breeders, you know, you always get those, those emails of, hey, what do you have? How much is it? People who, okay, well, you're not cheap, so I'm not going to buy from you. Right. If you're interested in their goats, talk to them about their goats. Find out what their quality is. Why are they asking this price? Right. Uh, I find people, passionate people, breeders, 
farmers are passionate about something and where we got our goats from they're very passionate about their goats oh yeah and you can see in the we did an interview with them in our video we put out this week if you missed it go watch it but you should be able to go see the farm without having to actually you know you're going to do a business transaction with them yeah the intent is there you're not just going to tour their farm yeah you're not just wasting but their you're time. interested in one of their animals you're asking them questions i'm interested after a couple emails back and forth you know what do you do for diseases why do you, why do you select why do you breed what you do uh what are you breeding for what traits you know is it worm resistance is it milk you know production is it good feed is it hardiness Find out what they're really looking for. Don't be put off by what may seem to be rudeness in an email, too. Yeah, yeah. That's and what I was saying. It's not a lot the, of people are busy and they, they get a million They get straight emails. to the point, yeah. Yeah. So then say, hey, you know, I'm really interested. I'd like to come and see your animals. Because you do want to check. We have gone and looked at goats and seen things we didn't like in the past. Oh, yeah. We once went to a goat farm to actually buy a, some... A goat dairy where they were producing goat's milk for cheese. And we're walking they around. a whole pile of cute little manchas. And she comes over, Kay comes over to me and says, we can't buy any of these goats. We drove like two hours to buy a goat. I was like, what? Why? They had abscesses. What is so, it? C CL. CL. So it's super infectious. It's um, a big... Super contagious, uh, yeah. and we did not want to bring that on our farm, so yeah. we like ran out of there, washed our feet off, and never yeah. looked back. <laughs> but it was a good thing we visited, because he never said anything to me in the emails about that. Yeah. So you found a great local farm, and we went and toured, and you can see it in we, the video. Yes. She made sure. She was very concise in her emails, but very um, willing to let us come see the farm. Also had appointments available. Uh, I said, oh, can we come tomorrow? Nope, but these days are open. Oh, okay, then we'll come this day. So we made sure we went on that day. At the time, we had set, and we were there for a couple hours picking out oh, our yeah. baby goats. Yep. Uh, all the questions, and that was not the video you get to see. No. We didn't go was... with cameras like, what are you doing? We went without cameras, no home study, no just people looking for goats. Wanted to just ask all the questions, get all the information. And once we felt like, yeah, this is a good source... Okay, we chose our animals, and then if you want to go watch that video, you can see the interview we did. Uh, why did you pick uh, Nigerian dwarfs? I didn't. Ooh, I like this. <laughs> why did our daughter pick them? Oh, we looked through our options, and she liked the size of them. I think she remembered being dragged across the field by a big old <laughs> Nubian. <laughs> and she felt like she could handle the Nigerians better herself. And so she did. She picked out a couple. So let's meet the newest goats on the homestead <laughs> farm. So it's time to do the goat, my goat. So let's get a move on. So I just, usually what I do to feed the goats, give them one scoop of this. This is Cookie. She was mommy's favorite. She liked how she looked. She looks like cookie dough. She came with the name from the farm, and I like it. Matches her. Cookie, her full name's cookie dough, because it matches. Her coat looks like cookie dough, obviously. And this is Buttons. Look. <laughs> she was the one who was being weaned. 
And yet she still wants to eat my fingers. And she's hungry. <laughs> no! My little brother, he says, we should call her Oreo, because she looks like an Oreo. And Buttons looks like a Holstein cow. So we're gonna get these bread, so we're probably gonna pick up a buck from the same place we got these from. We're probably gonna rent a buck. And my plan is once they're bred and once they kid, to milk them and make some goat milk soap and start a business. When we had Lacey and Gizmo, we were, I think we were planning on making some soap. We have frozen goat milk, so we could try first and see how it goes. And to start my own business, so I don't have to just do the live streams for a business. <laughs> Creating your own way, I love it, with your goats. Chaos. Goats' names mean chaos. That's what was going on just now. My brother was trying to get his chickens out of the barn. I was trying to get my goats in the barn. Chaos. What does daddy always say about goats? Chaos. We'd have our other goats, remember I'd say? Contain, Contain the chaos. My goats, they're Nigerian dwarfs. We got them because they'd be easy for me to handle because they'll probably grow about that big when they're older. Maybe smaller. And they're good for milk, so to great, to great reasons. And with the milk we can make fudge, so that's another reason. Naughty little goats. Bumping into the camera. The one Buttons is like eating my, you can see my strap there, my Canon camera strap and Buttons is like trying to eat it. Goats. They're cute. Oh though. man. They are cute though. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages. Things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. So now goats are back. I think we're like getting your parents into goats too because they went with us to see all <laughs> yeah. the goats and they were just sitting there. Your mom the whole time was just holding a baby goat. <laughs> yeah, it's like their town won't let them have livestock. I said, just say it's a dog. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that size. Some they're much louder dogs. Yeah, you totally could pass it off as a dog. <laughs> get them kicked out. Of the house. Fido, get a little dog house with the name Fido, and just put some floppy ears. Yeah, trying to give them a pig and a goat. They get them a mini it. Nubian. They have the floppy ears that look more like a dog. Mini Mancha, they'll be quieter. So. We're going to answer some of your questions. Those of you, we got a lot of great questions today. Before we do, I just want to give you a heads up. If you've been waiting, if you know about the Homesteady, uh, Make Money Homesteading course, I talked about this the last couple shows. July, we're going to do a live run of this course. It's open to everybody. If you want to learn more about it, head over to thisishomesteady.com, click on shop, and then it's time to make money homesteading, where you have a course all July. I'm going to be taking a group through the course we did it two months ago went really really well i think drew was here earlier drew was in the course 
Um, so if you're interested in that course, you can learn more at the website. And I'll be talking about that in videos next week on the channel, so stay tuned for that. Just wanted to give you a heads up because that's coming in July. I don't want you to miss out on that. Shall we answer some questions? Questions, yes. First Journey Acre says, do you help the kids, uh, do you have the kids help pay for the feed care of their animals? Yes. Well, we even help have them help with the purchasing of their animals. And then once they start making a profit, then we'll start working with them. Of, okay, now take this amount because you have to buy the feed for the animals, that kind of thing. Yeah, we've worked out a deal over the years when it comes to the purchasing of the animals, if it's something they want, we talk about, uh, as, as my daughter mentioned in her, her little segment there, uh, they earn money from the live streams, working when they uh, do this, that's part of how they earn some money. Uh, sometimes they get super chats and they earn money from that. And they also earn money, you know, they got grandparents and great-grandparents who will at you know, times send them money or hire them to do little jobs. Yeah, we don't give an allowance, so we don't, like, we don't make them pay for feed right now until they start earning some sort of profit for their animals. Right, so that's how we've worked that out is with the chickens, we take eggs because we share a lot of the costs. Mm -hmm. They buy into the animal in the beginning. We help with the purchase of the regular feed. Uh, we take our, our eggs, we don't pay for our eggs to them. That's our payment is the product. But then the extra product, they get to try to make a profit from. So that's how we've worked that So our out. product from the goats right now is just Joy. I've been promised fudge. I'm fudge. Well, waiting for my fudge. I don't think you want the Joy kind of fudge gonna... they're given now. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be like, here, Daddy. Rose, you, you made the poo joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't have any milk right now. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> Monique, why did you get bottle babies instead of adults? It's a good question. Still asking myself. Why? Why did we get? Why did our daughter want bottle babies? Why? Are they she cute? Likes, yeah, she likes having bottle we babies. Wanted to have babies. If that's the experience you're going for, then by all means, bottle babies. Pros and cons. Um, very very friendly. It doesn't necessarily mean they'll be easier to milk. Um, it's the same thing with cows. You know, hormones kick in, and they're still going to be jerks when you try to milk them. <laughs> just accept it. They are easier to give the bottle babies just to handle. They're so tame to give their medication to, to give shots to. They follow her everywhere. Yeah. There are dam raised babies were friendly as well. It just so happened that this breeder who we really liked, she sells bottle babies. Yeah. And that's what she had for sale. And I think one of the nice things for us in the way we're managing now, we're not planning on putting the goats out in the pasture because as we talked about, we have a lot of worm issues. Uh, not And what I mean is we're not planning on like, here, you live in this pasture now. What we're kind of going to mimic is what where we got these goats from, what they do. They said they completely free range their goats. So they open the gate. <laughs> yes. And if you watch that video, there's like an army of goats. Dun, 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 There's like 80 dun, goats. Dun, yeah, dun, they're, dun, just, they're everywhere. And they just walk around the property. Now, they have a big enough property. The goats don't go where they're not supposed to. And they also... We have a pioneer version of that video you can watch where they talk about things they plant that keep the goats grounded. So if you're a pioneer, you can uh, watch that extra bonus segment. Uh, so we're going to kind of do some of that. We've planted some things here that the goats will be interested in sticking put. But because they're bottle babies, they, they literally just want to be with the kids. Yeah. 
So what we are doing now, because we do like them getting a, a diet of grazing and foraging, but we don't want them out on grass, you know, where they could be, you know, getting <laughs> parasites. We're doing this. We're letting them go and play with the kids when the kids are outside playing, the goats are outside <laughs> being ridiculous. And while they're out running around, they get to munch on browse, which is what goats should be munching on, not short, short grass if, uh, where they've been for weeks at a time. Also, um, we if they were adults, we would be working with the breeding right now and in kidding. I don't mind taking time off to not worry about breeding goats this year. Yeah. I don't mind just having some youngsters to kind of let my daughter just get her feet wet right now, get used to our, our rhythms and our schedules before we're diving into like kidding and She's, milking. She started talking about her little business and that always gets me excited. I'm always the farm entrepreneur of the family. Hmm. And so I was right away starting to say, well, why don't we get one of the adults too? Because then she could start to get some milk and then she could start her little business. And Kay was like, just, <laughs> just yes. let her get the babies and grow. Ruth asked, how old are the goats? I believe they were born in March. So they may be four months old. I got to look at the paperwork. That happened so fast. Cindy says, many people say bottle... Babies tend not to be good mothers. How do you feel about that? Interesting. I I don't know. Maybe the ones we had who were bottle babies needed a little extra help at first. But they didn't reject their kids. They just were like a new mom and they just didn't know what was going on. We had our pig who was the same thing with her piglets. She just... The hormones were crazy. She didn't know what was happening. Um, was it Luna? Was the same way with her calf. She needed help. Yeah. Some first-time mothers just need help. And our bottle baby goats who who had kids, they took their babies eventually and were great mothers. Really great mothers. Yeah. We tend to not judge new mothers. Humans included. <laughs> Any kind. <laughs> or new fathers for that matter. We tend not to judge mothers or fathers. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. But uh, when it comes to animals, the first go around, you know, you get, yeah, give them a pass. Give them a pass. Now, if the second time they show that they're not good at something, they're not getting it, we might then selectively. Uh, yeah, I feel like if they're outright rejecting, I mean, some long-time mothers will reject a triplet or something. You know, crazy stuff yeah. happens. Yeah. And no, we've we've seen them just do fine as mothers, do great. And we have had a lot of babies. We yeah, uh, we've had a lot of babies. We've had both bottle fed and dam raised. Dam raised, and we've never have we ever had a Gizmo had a hard time at first, but she got the hang of it. Lacy, same thing. Same thing. Yo Yo took hers right away. Yo Yo's loved her little and fluffers. And Hops did too. Now were Yo Yo and Hops not bottle fed? I don't think they were. So they were better. They were better at other first. other two who would have been bottle-fed. Was Gizzy bottle-fed? Yeah. So, could be a little something there. But over the long haul, they got it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you'll have to help them a little bit at first. You might have to do that if they were dam raised, like we said with the cow or the pig. And I think the big lesson, one of the biggest takeaways we always get when it comes to something like goats that we've been in, I mean, we have been in and out and in and out and <laughs> in and out for years. Our goals every time have been different. Our reasons for getting a certain animal have been different. There was you wanting to have the dairy experience. You didn't like the goat dairy experience. No. So having them didn't make sense anymore. There was 
me wanting the dual purpose Nubian where we have the awesome homestead, the perfect homestead animal, but then me realizing I just get annoyed by goats, so didn't, didn't really need them. Um, now the whole reason for this batch is totally different. Again, this the production, these two little ones, if they never gave us anything but a daughter who gets to learn about life lessons, <laughs> responsibility. I mean, that's all I expect Worth from this it. batch of goats. What, what does she want to make? Fudge? And fudge. And, and fudge. fudge. Life lessons and fudge. That's all we want that's why from you these get goats. goats. <laughs> <laughs> Sierra asked, how old does a breeder recommend the doelings be before you breed them? I don't remember what age. I do believe she goes by a weight. So I think she's looking for a specific weight that they get to. Whether it's uh, doubled, I don't remember what it was, though. I've got papers on it all. Yeah, and that would be another one, too. With the breeds, it might be a little bit different. Yeah, um, and, and breeders. And, yeah, you will find everybody has a different opinion. Generally, the best advice for that is who would you buy them from? What's been successful for them? Uh, kind of maybe the last goat question we've got is Susan, how do you plan on addressing the parasite issues you last encountered with your previous goats? We're keeping them off the pasture. We're not we're not keeping them on a designated area of pasture. When they're out, they're out for browsing instead of grazing. Yeah, so step one is they're being fed inside on concrete. They're in a barn stall. One of the reasons we had to wait for the the uh, high tensile fencing was so the animals in the barn could get out. We had pigs in the barn, it was crazy. Uh, so now we have a stall dedicated concrete floor. If you feed small ruminants on concrete elevated, your exposure to worms is so, so limited. Now a lot of homesteaders don't want to do that. We want to have our animals out like they are in nature and that's a good goal and if you can do it right and if you have the right kind of property for it and all that great for us that is goat walks and we're talking about if you're talking about nature what goats want to do in nature is to browse up high they don't want to um they don't want to be down low rich asked if we've looked at rotational grazing we have done that we didn't like it for the goats it's just it has to be so intensive and I mean, like, move very quickly for the goats, that it was a lot of time. If I remember correct from our research back when we were dealing with it, it was a six inches. If the if the grass is shorter than six inches, the parasites can crawl up to about six inch height. So what you need is higher than that for goats. You need browse much, much higher. And there are people who will tell you that just by nature, what you get in a field versus what you get in the woods uh, the different kinds and textures of things. Uh, when we were working about uh, with uh, the vet about the camels, they very specifically said you really want them to be getting the bigger brows, the the leaves and the twigs and the thorns. Thorns. It's better for their health, which in turn, if they're healthier, they like the green grass. Yeah, they'll eat the green grass, but it's better that they have the woods, or or the thicker stuff. So. You know, for these goats, same kind of thing. We're going to let them run around and eat like our goats back in Connecticut used to. We are not going to leave them on a patch of pasture and and even, even rotating. Even if it looks lush, yeah. Yeah, three days is the I think your time for and that's, rotating and that's parasites. a lot. You have when you're to move moving netting every three days, and it's netting. It's not yeah. You can't do the single twine like we do with the cow. So for us personally, we're not saying it can't be done. You might have a, a strategic plan for 
rotationally grazing your goats. Yeah, you may be more in a like a drier area. Yeah, that's great. There's there's specific environments that are better. Uh, if you're mimicking goats in nature, think about it. They're out in arid deserts or, or mountain areas and, and all kinds of warmer climates. Um, you know, what we have here is very wet. Wet. And very, and very And not only the worms were an issue for people, but foot rot was an issue for people. Yeah. It's been very wet and hard on hard on the goats. So for us, inside, fed off or the ground, being given a, you know, hay and... And they're little. They don't. They don't eat too much. No. Also, uh, just having a worming protocol for the newly pregnant moms, right. the ones who have just recently kitted, yep. knowing that right away we worm. And working with vets who are more switched on to agriculture and parasites directly associated with this area. Things the, like goats. yeah, the goats in this area. Yeah. So we've we are coming back to the world of goats a lot more knowledge, a lot more expertise. And I think the nicest lesson here of all is just that. Like you might get, with homesteading, you will certainly have bad years, mistakes, setbacks. So many of you have seen the videos where we went through hard times with our goats, just brought to tears, just dealing with the sadness of losing beloved animals. And maybe you gotta take a break. Yeah. Maybe you gotta take a little time off. Yeah, maybe the goat you have isn't the goat for you. Right. Maybe you need to sell that goat. One of the best lessons I learned coming into the world of farming from you was it's okay to, to change your livestock and change and sell some livestock and then maybe get them again a couple years later. You know, the, this isn't your family dog. If you have a group and it's not working on your property and you want to recalculate and you sell some and then take a year off and come back to it, yeah. that's where we are now. So. Dakota, biosecurity visiting farms for both going on and hopefully not taking disease back. Uh, we did that with the pigs when you went and saw Kirsten. Oh, saw yeah. Saw her biosecurity. Yeah. Uh, rubber boots. Rubber boots. Um, she used Lysol. Lysol sprayed the boots, which is good. Obviously, this is an issue if you're going to a farm to see things that you have back at your homestead. Mm -hmm. So, like for us, we didn't have goats and when uh, we, that story I told you about the CL. We came home. We washed our boots. We changed our clothes before yeah. we went out to the barn. Yeah. A good, a good rubber boot and you know Lysol or chlorine foot bath. Yeah, our AI guy always uh, suds his boots, scrubs them off before he leaves. And one of these days, I'll do an interview maybe with Kirsten because she works in agriculture. That's who we went and saw the pigs. Uh, she works at large scale production of, uh, for turkeys and chickens, and she's applied a lot of the principles from you know, commercial, big, big scale where, you know, if you lose, if you bring in some weird disease, you can lose, you know, a million dollars worth of chicken. Um, she just, at her farm, she has an isolation area hmm. where yeah, visitors everything. can come here. Most of her pigs are across the street in this barn. When you come and pick up your piglet, you go to the pickup barn where the piglets go right before they leave. So new disease shows up there. It doesn't hopefully ever get back to your barn. That would be a really good topic. We could do a, a whole episode on that. <laughs> Scary. Yes. The, the, all uh, the horror stories. Oof, disease yikes. outbreaks. Thank you all for joining us. We're really excited. You know, mostly excited for our daughter. Really proud of her. She She's a really hard worker. She takes really, really good care of her animals. And I can't wait to try some of that fudge. So we're back into goats. <laughs> goats number 20-something and 20-something. 20 20-something, 20 20-something. Did we ever give the answer? It was over 20. Over 20. Over 20. 
we will not be having a live stream next week. So join the email list so you know when we're, when we're doing the next one. We're skipping a week, uh, but don't worry, it won't be uh, a real long hiatus. We'll be back soon. So join our email list. We'll warn you when we do the next show. And until then, have a good afternoon. Yeah, enjoy your weekend on your homestead. <laughs>